Uh, this morning we are going to be in the Gospel of John, John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to John uh, chapter 6, where we're going to be. And while you're turning, turning to John, I got a couple of things that I want to just remind everybody of. Please don't forget, if you're watching via live stream, we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, you can view us also on Facebook. We want you to participate there. And every day at 6.55, we are praying for you. So you can email us at info at myimpactchurch.org. We want to pray for you and lift up your concerns. So we would love for you to stay connected with us there. Uh, and so you can be a part of our prayer line. And also on Wednesday nights, we live stream as well. So you are more than welcome, welcome, welcome to participate in that way as well. And so we're just so appreciative of everyone, how you've been staying connected. And we want to make certain that we get through this together, especially you, you watch this via live stream. We know everybody has, can't come back to the sanctuary and we're taking our time as we're opening. We call it a soft opening where we have a few people come in and we're analyzing things and seeing how it's going. And so far, it's been wonderful. It's been great. And we hope that in a couple of weeks we'll be able to just open full board and go ahead. But we're just trusting God to that end. Amen. Hey, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read a few verses out of John chapter six, the gospel of John, one of the uh, gospels, uh, John chapter six. And a few verses we want to read out of John chapter six as we stand. And I always like to challenge everybody, please text, tweet or post something from the service. We're going to have a verse. We're going to have an impact facts, a couple of facts, something to say. Please text me to post, post on your social media somewhere. Let people know, hey, I was at Impact Church of Wilkins worshiping via live stream or in present. Please make sure you do it. John chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him. Somebody say to test him. For he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, Two de 200 denarii, worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little one of his disciples Andrew Simon Peter's brother said to him there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish but what are these for so many people Jesus said have the people sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down in number about five thousand Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise, also of the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. You may be seated. Lord God, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that there is none like you, O oh God. And Lord God, we ask right now that you be with us as we look into your word. Guide us and sustain us as only you can. And Lord, for what you do, we be certain to give you praise, glory, and honor. We love you. We ask it all in the mighty majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. In Palestine, bread was very, very important. It was something that people 
didn't have an abundance of because people didn't have plentiful food like we have in the context of the United States of America. They didn't eat meat on a regular basis like we have a tendency to believe that we should eat meat at every meal. Oftentimes bread was the only meal they would have and they would eat it with olive oil. And so it was a different context and a different culture than what we understand today, especially in the context of the United States of America. We have such an abundance of food and we have such overflow and such plentiful, bountiful harvests with food. We don't know what it means to be without or to eat just to exist because God has so blessed us. And even in the worst conditions we see in the United States of America, if a person can get to a church, if a person can get to a food pantry, somewhere in the United States of America, there is somebody who is willing to give them food that will be sufficient to fill their stomach in the United States of America, if you want to be fed. It was not so in Palestine. Most often the people would go to bed hungry. They never had an opportunity truly to eat and to be filled. John's gospel is an attempt where John is trying to demonstrate and he's writing to an audience to demonstrate that Jesus Christ truly is the son of God. That he is also not only the son of God, but he too is God. And so he's trying to prove to an audience that you have before you the son of God. He is deity. He is God. He is the great I am. He was there in the beginning at creation. You have before you God in flesh. That's what John is writing to demonstrate. And one of the things I want to do in these next weeks as we're going through this series, I want to answer the question, who is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? Because I'm convinced as we're going through COVID-19, as we're seeing the transition, the change in the United States of America and the world abroad, that we have to be prepared to answer the question, who is Jesus Christ? Christ. I'm convinced John chapter 6 answers some of those questions for us. He lets us know who Jesus Christ is. But to appreciate Jesus Christ and who he is in John 6, you got to begin at verse 1. In the coming weeks, we're going to focus on the I am's and we're going to look at Jesus Christ as the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. Ego I me there in the Greek. But we have to back up to really appreciate what he says in chapter 6 in verses 1 through 14 to appreciate that he's the bread of life. Even before you get to 6, you got to see what Jesus does systematically and methodically with those disciples to build their faith so they understand who they are serving with, who they are following, so they can understand who is this Jesus Christ. If you look in chapter 2, Jesus at a wedding feast and Jesus takes the water, he turns the water into wine. You come to chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to him at night and he tells Nicodemus, he says, hey man, you need to be born again. He said, I want to let you know something. I am the one who will give you that life. He's standing right here before you, Nicodemus. You get to chapter 4 after going through chapter, dealing with the water to wine and dealing with 
He is the life. He's, he gives the woman at the well. He lets her know, I am the living water after letting Nicodemus know you must be born again. He says, the real water is right here before you. The lady's like, give me a drink out of the well so I don't have to come back to this well. She said, I'm tired of walking up here with my pots. He said, lady, if you really knew what I was talking about, you wouldn't ask for a drink from a well. You would ask a drink from the wonderful counsel that is standing right before you. Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus is trying to get us to see him for who he is. His sovereignty over the nature, over natural laws, his sovereignty even to give life to those who don't have life, eternal life. His ability to give a drink for those who are thirsty and not just a physical drink, but I mean a spiritual drink. And then he gets to chapter five and he shows that he is sovereign over all of your physical conditions. Because in chapter five, we find a man that has been lame, can't walk. And Jesus is going to give life to those lame legs and he's going to let them walk. And I know there's a lot of people in here today might say, man, I was one time lame, but the Lord gave me the ability to walk in my lame condition. But I like what he does in chapter six here, one through 14. I want you to stay with me and see this text. Beautiful text, beautiful text. You got to see it. Because what we're going to see here is first the master's method in chapter six in the first few verses of this chapter. Jesus goes to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and these crowds are following him. Why are they following him? They're following him because of what he has done in two, three, four and five. They said we had not seen anybody turn water to wine. Somebody says I can give you eternal life. We had not seen anybody who can tell a woman all that she has done. We hadn't seen anybody who could make the lame walk. And so these crowds are following him because of the signs, the wonders he's done, the gifts he's given. They are following him and they are with him while he is teaching these disciples. He's revealing who he really is. They follow him and they've seen him heal the sick and they want to be with Jesus. Jesus gets up on this mountain. Disciples sit down with him. The Passover feast, the Bible tells us, is near. He lifts up his eyes and he sees the large crowds coming to him. And so he asks Philip a question. Philip, you've been with me. You saw all the things that I have done. He says, so where are we going to find bread for all these people that are with us? John doesn't say it, but Matthew does. Matthew 14, I think it's 21, if I'm not mistaken. He says there were 5,000 people plus men, plus women and children. Some believe it was upward to 5,000 people who were with them, following them. That the count was more than just five. It was up to 15,000 people that were there if you include the women and children. So we have at least 15,000 people who are following our Lord. And Jesus asked his disciple, Philip, he says, where are we going to buy bread to feed these people? Can you imagine? Especially if he's an accountant. Accountant's always going to tell you a reason why you can't get something done. <laughs> I have an undergrad degree in accounting, by the way. There are always people who are around going to tell you why God can't do the supernatural. There are always people who are going to tell you why something can't be done. 
And Philip here is going to be that individual. I'm convinced that instead of Philip seeing his need to serve, Philip is here and he is looking through the human lens. Sorosha, how do you know? Look what he says. Philip answered. He said, we had 200 denarii worth of bread. It's not sufficient for them. For everyone to see, he says, not enough to be filled, but just a little. Look in your text. Look in your text. Verse 7. He said, if we had two, it's not enough. He said, I look out and I see all of these people. He said, and we don't have the money to feed this crowd of people. He wanted to say, basically, send these people home. We can't feed these people. So often we look at the situation, but we don't look at the Savior. And this is what Philip does here. But I like what happens after this. Now watch this, because note now, note now. The Lord is doing this, verse 6, to do what? To test him. You got to go back and circle that in your Bible because you miss the fact that Jesus is intentionally asking him the question. Why? Because he wants to see, Philip, have you learned anything from the water pots? Have you learned anything from what I told Nicodemus? Have you learned anything from the fact that I was able to give the woman at the well living water? Have you learned anything from the fact that I was able to give the one who was lame and couldn't walk? Have you learned anything from what I have already done? Are you watching my ways? Do you recognize who is before you? Do you recognize I am Jesus the Christ? And I want to ask you this morning. You who are sitting here in the sanctuary, you watching me by a live stream. Who is Jesus to you? Is he truly the Christ, the Messiah? Who is Jesus Christ to you? Philip failed. Let's see what Andrew does. He takes the same exam. He takes the test. Jesus slided over to him and said, Andrew, you fill out your, your test and let me see what you got to say. Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother said to him, there's a lad who has Five barley loaves and two fish. Watch that. If he would have stopped right there after saying five barley loaves and two fish and put a period down, he would have passed the exam. But he put a comma. And a contrastive conjunction, so it negates what he said previously, and he fails the exam. I hope you hear me unpack. I hope you listen to me live stream. Listen to me. Listen to me. He did not understand that the five barley loaves and the two fish in the hand of the master was sufficient for the 15,000. Here it is. He missed it. So he just kept up. He just said, sometimes we need to understand and learn there's a time for us just to be silent. And he should have put a period, but he put a comma and a contrastive conjunction. He said, but what is this with this multitude? Andrew looked at the five barley loaves. He looked at the multitude of people sitting around on the grass and just, just standing around. He see children and he see men. He see women and he's looking at the loaves. He said, I see five loaves. He said, I see about 15,000 people. And he's looking at the loaves. He's looking at the people and he's saying these loaves are not sufficient for the people. But the problem was this. 
He should have looked at the lows. He should have looked at the people and then he should have looked at the one who was standing next to them who was able to multiply the loaves that it would be sufficient for the people. See, oftentimes we're looking at our loaves. We're looking at what God has blessed us with but we don't think it's sufficient for the condition or for the place that we are. And we miss the fact that there is somebody that is with us that is able to take our five barley loaves, our two fish, bless it, multiply, and make it sufficient for the 15,000 that are with us. Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Do you really hear me? Do you really receive what God is saying here? Because I'm going to tell you something. There are many people today, you have your five loaves. Yeah. You're looking around and you're saying, hey, uh, what's going on with COVID? I, I, I don't know if we're going to make it. What is it going to be like? Will businesses return? Will, will the kids go back to school? Will, will we be able to hug our loved ones and will we be able to fellowship again? Will, what's going to happen with, with the the resources we have be sufficient for what we have right now? Let me tell you something. If you take your five loaves and two fish, place it in the hands of the master, God is able to multiply your five loaves and two fish and make it sufficient for whatever the need may be. Anybody believe that? If you believe that, just give the Lord a wave, a hand clap. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's sufficient. My Bible tells me Jesus took those loaves. He said, tell the people to sit down. Let them sit down. Look at your text. Look at your text. It's in there. He said, you all just have them sit down. Because what he's doing now is he's taking Philip, Andrew, and the rest of those disciples, and he's saying, now I'm going to give you a remedial course in what I've already given you. You know, some of us had to take a remedial course or two. Repeat it. And so he's taking them back. He says, you, you didn't catch what I did in two through five. He says, so I'm going to take you back over this again. And maybe you will get the message this time. Some of us have seen the Lord work in our lives. Oh, oh, you've seen it. Oh, you've seen it. Many of you have seen the Lord work in your life over the years. Many of you have seen God take a little Bless it and make it a lot. But sometimes we get to the place where we forget what God has done for us. And I'm convinced COVID has been one of these occasions to remind us that if the master don't bless the bread that we have, it won't be multiplied. I want you to reflect and to remember that God is able to multiply your barley loaves. Don't forget that. God is a good God and he's able to do it. I, I, I like the Bible tells us, he, he says he took it and he blessed it. See, Matthew says, I like Matthew. He's a little more descriptive because Matthew says he looked toward heaven. The bread was holding the bread. The great I am was holding and he took the bread and he looked toward heaven. And he said, Father, he says, I know it is only five barley loaves and two fish. 
He said, but I know that you are able to take these five barley loaves and two fish. He didn't look at the crowd. He looked to the heavens and he looked to the father, the one who's able to take the barley loaves and multiply. He said, I'm not going to look at my situation and circumstance. He said, I'm going to look at the one who holds my situation and circumstances in his hands. He looked and he says, I'm going to bless my bread. Anybody got something they need to lay before God and bless right now? Anything you want to just hold out and look to heaven and say, God, I need you to bless it right now in the name of Jesus. Multiply, increase, give me the overflow, oh God. Yes. Yes. God would do it. See, many people think that this only applies to their finances. Let me tell you something. I'm not talking about no money. If you are thinking we're just talking about money, you are confused. You're confused because I can tell you countless people who have an abundance of money who can't sleep at night. If you can't pay them to get four hours of sleep. Abundance of money. I'm talking about the increase, the multiplication of your joy. I'm talking about your love. I'm talking about your peace. I'm talking about kindness. I'm talking about just being satisfied with God pouring his spirit into your life. That is what I'm talking about. If you think I'm talking about the green bread, I'm not talking about the green bread. Oh, no. Talking about that which God gives and pour into our spirit. That peace with God, that peace, he says, of God, that is the peace that only comes from God. That is what we want. Jesus is just using the bread to teach a greater truth. He had to grab the attention of the disciples and those people who were around him and he needed to use something that is down on their level. He said, I got to begin with the physical bread to really teach you about the spiritual bread. He said, because I am the bread of life. We're going to see that next week. That's what he's trying to do. But he has to use the physical to get to the spiritual. See that? So often we get confused. I like how Jesus does this. He's doing this because. Why? He's trying to teach a greater truth. He's trying to teach a greater truth here. And it'll be easy for us to miss it if we're not careful. Jesus started with five, five little barley loaves and two fish. He's going to feed 5,000. And he is doing this with these disciples to teach them and to test them. Look at fact number one. I want you to see this. So important. So important. Don't miss it. Fact number one is this. Jesus fed 5,000 to test the faith of the twelve. He's trying to test their faith to see, do you really believe that I am truly the bread of life? And sometimes the Lord would do that in our individual lives and also our collective lives. He does things to see where our faith reside. Do you have the faith to trust the Lord when you see people lose their jobs? When you see companies filing for chapter 11, when you see people wondering, how am I going to pay my mortgage? And do, are you able to trust God when you see people saying, I'm going to have to find another line of work because it is no longer there? 
when your loved one is on the ventilator and you're wondering, are they going to make it? Are you able to trust God when you're not certain of the next step? Can you trust him? And Jesus was trying to get these disciples to the place where they could really trust him. He said, sit down. Have them sit down. He said, and then we're going to feed these people. The thing I like about what Jesus does here is this. Jesus is going to demonstrate that he is the master of the pieces. Watch the mastery of, his, of the pieces. Watch this, watch. He sit them down. Disciples are distributing the food, giving it out to all the people. And verse 12 says, when they were filled. But if you look at 11, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also the fish, as much as what they wanted. You have to understand something because a lot of us see in there, all they got is as much as they want. You say, okay, fine. What's, what's the big deal? The big deal is this. In Palestine, and especially those people who were peasants, most of them went to bed hungry. See that? They went to bed hungry. Most of them only ate enough to exist. They didn't eat until their tummy was tight. They weren't gorging themselves on food like we so often do in the United States of America. In the United States of America, we discard more food and we waste so much food. Palestinians would have understood or comprehended it in Jesus' day. See, the poor people understood that bread was a gift from God. All the people did, especially Jews, they were to understand this, that bread was something that God had given. It was a gift. And so they cherished this bread. Because oftentimes they only got a chance to eat bread. They were not eating meat like we eat meat with every meal. We believe that we should have meat for every meal. Hey, you don't have no little meat. No steak or no, no chicken, no fish, salmon, tilapia, T-bone, sirloin, you know, nothing. I know you got something in there. We want the meat, but so often in Palestine, all they had was bread to dip in a little olive oil. So here it is. The Bible tells us when Jesus blessed these barley and these fish, these people could eat. And it says they lacked nothing. They were full. For many of these people, this was the first time in a long time they ate till they were full. And Jesus, when he blessed and when he provides, don't you know that God gives the overflow? He gives the increase. He fill us up and God filled their tummies that day. Oh, man, he blessed them. But the thing I like in this is, is that after they had eaten, Jesus gave them some instruction. He says, gather up the leftover fragments. See, John called them fragments. In Mark 6, 43, he says, the pieces, the pieces. Yeah, watch this. Because they were responsible, according to the Talmud and the Mishnah, whenever you had eaten a meal, there was a legislation that was given that you were not supposed to leave the pieces lying around. And so what the Jews did was this. They had these little wicker baskets that was just a part of their attire. 
And so wherever they went, they had these little wicker baskets. And so what they would do is whenever they finished eating, they would pick up the pieces of bread. They wouldn't waste anything. Nothing was waste. Why? Because the bread was what? A gift from God. And if God has given you a gift, you can't waste any of it. You need to use it for his glory. And so Jesus says, y'all pick up the pieces. Don't leave it out there. Pick them up. And they're going to pick up 12 basketfuls. But you got to see this. As I was looking at those pieces, I thought about those pieces of bread. And those pieces remind me of two things. The first thing it reminds me of how life is. How God has gifted many of us and God used us and God has just blessed us. And life has a way of taking us through rough terrain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To me, life is kind of like running a gauntlet or or, an obstacle course. You can be running along and all of a sudden the bridge is out. Like, man, how am I going to get around this? Next thing you know, there's a rock that you stumble over and you fall. Keep running and you find a landmine blow up. Man, stuff everywhere. There's carnage. And to me, the pieces are like the carnage of life. Life has a way of putting us in situations where we feel like we are in pieces. Things are everywhere and we don't know where to begin. But your life is in pieces and it's like carnage all over the place. Go through a divorce. Finances in turmoil. Lose your business. Have to file bankruptcy. Distance from family and friends. Distance from your child. Relationships. And you feel like you're in pieces and it's like carnage everywhere. Although God is blessed, sometimes it doesn't keep us from feeling like our life is a wreck and there's carnage. But also I looked at those pieces and I thought about the crumbs that fall from the master's table. A woman wanted the bread and she said, can I have bread? He says, it's not wise to give the bread of the children to them. She says, but don't the dogs eat the crumbs from the floor? See, sometimes the pieces are like crumbs and it's like carnage. And as I thought about that, I thought about our own lives. Because I'm convinced somebody watching us by live stream, some of you sitting in here today on this Sunday morning, I'm certain that some of you feel like your life is in pieces. Anybody ever felt like your life was in pieces? And you're looking around at all these pieces in your life and you say, I I can't believe I got fired. Just pick up the piece and put it in the basket. I can't believe I I, I got a divorce. Just pick that piece up and put in your basket. I can't believe my parents are going to die and leave me in this situation. I got to pay. Just pick that piece up, put it in your basket. I can't believe my friends would treat me that way. Pick up that piece and and put it in the basket. I'm I'm going through COVID-19 and and I never thought I would have COVID-19. I'm sick. Pick up that piece, put in the basket. You say, I cannot believe that my job is gone. Where are we going to work? Pick the piece up, put it in the basket. You say, I'm not going to figure, how am I going to pay this mortgage? I don't have the money. Pick up that piece, put it in the basket. You say, my health is failing. I never thought I would have cancer. Pick up the piece and put it in the basket. And you just begin to pick up all the pieces of your life and you put all those pieces in the basket. And let me tell you something. Once you get all those pieces in the basket, you will see the basket is filled. God will bless your pieces and he will make your life whole. Even though you find yourself in pieces, God can use the pieces. Oh, yes, he can. 
See, the Lord told them, he says, pick up the pieces. Why? He says, what I have blessed you with, you can still use even the pieces. The pieces are still sufficient. God don't waste anything that he gives us. He use our pieces, even the pieces. He take them and he make us whole even when we find ourselves in pieces. Anybody feel like they're in pieces this morning? Let me tell you, get the basket and just put the pieces in the basket. Sometimes you're looking at your pieces and you don't understand how they're going to fit or how they're beneficial. Let me tell you something. Your pieces matter to God. All your pieces. All your pieces. Yes. You're looking at it and you think it's carnage. You think it's crumbs. It's not. It is what God will use for his glory. So many people going through right now. I'm telling I can't tell you how many times people call me. They're stressed. People text, sending us emails, worried. Got a text yesterday. Little girl, worried. So mom said, can you pray? She just worried. Just worried. Stressed out. I said, we're going to pray. I said, you're going to have to give her the word of God. Give her Psalms 34 and let her know that the Lord is a very present help in the time of trouble. Psalms 56, 9, God is for me. God is on my side. He says, fret not thyself because of evil doers. Psalms 37. Listen, you start quoting those Psalms and get them in your spirit and you will know that though you may feel like you're in pieces, God will use your pieces to make you whole. Anybody believe that? If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He'll use your pieces. Yes, he will. Here it is. Jesus tell him, he says, man, get those pieces. Why? Fact number two. Pick up the pieces because the pieces will fill your basket. You got to see it. You got to pick up the pieces of your life. There is no sense in fretting and worrying about what is going on in our world. About it. Why fret? As believers, what? Whom shall we fear? We should not fret. We have to stand and be as bold as lions in the Lord Jesus Christ who has redeemed us, who's promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. He has promised us eternal life. He says we are seated in the heavens and we have to be reminded. I want to encourage you today and I want you to listen to me. No God is with you and look, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because God is with you and for you. I want to encourage you. Be encouraged. God will take your loaves. He will take your pieces. He will multiply and provide for whatever you need. Whatever you need. But what most of us need is a spiritual dose from our God. We have to get to the place where we are growing spiritually in him. Jesus was telling these disciples, he said, don't leave anything behind. Why? He said, because I'm going to use even the pieces. Jesus does this because he's trying to teach us a profound lesson in all that he does. He's really trying to get them to understand this bread that you have. This is not bread that you provided. This is bread that has come from the Heavenly Father. See, this is the setup for what he's going to do in the latter part of chapter 6, 24 and following. Jesus is setting them up and he's going to let them know. He said, remember when I took those five barley loaves and those fish and multiplied it? He said, you were so happy to get the fish and the loaves and eat. He said, but you need to understand, I am truly the bread of life. 
He said, you ate that bread and you are going to be hungry tomorrow. He said, but I have a bread that I'm going to give you that's going to meet your spiritual need. He said, I'm going to supply everything that you have. He said, I gave the lady water at the well. He said, I'm going to give you bread. He said, I am your sufficiency. And anybody who has come to trust my Lord, you ought to know that he will give you a drink and he will give you bread to eat because he is our sufficiency. Oh, he's going to provide for the physical, but he's going to provide for the spiritual. He is our sufficiency in all seasons. And no matter what we may go through, Jesus Christ is a sufficient savior. Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is a sufficient savior able to provide for everything that concerns us. But you got to be convinced of it. You got to be convinced of it. And the way we convince is we walk with our God and we continue to trust him by day by day. Disciples are there. They failed the test. But let me tell you something. Jesus was there to give them another glimpse of his glory. And just like those disciples, if you failed, let me tell you something. He's here today to give you another glimpse of his glory. Are you willing to give your lows to him? Are you willing to take your pieces, collect them and give them to him and let him bless them? Because he will bless them and he will use them for his glory and for his honor. And for your maturation. But you got to be willing to give them to him and trust him by faith. Our impact fact for today is this. I don't want you to miss it. Gather the pieces of your life and watch God abundantly make you whole. Just gather them. Just put them in the basket. You have to gather them. Listen, they look fragmented and it looks like carnage. It looks almost like crumbs lying around. But let me tell you something. If you gather them together and look at the fact that God has blessed you and given you these pieces you'll be amazed how he'll make you whole with the pieces and will use you for his glory and for his honor. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your compassion and for your kindness. And Lord God, we thank you for the pieces. Lord, many of us have feel like our lives have just been blown apart God many of us are in so many different seasons and Lord we don't comprehend everything that you're doing but Lord God we want to trust you and we want you to increase our faith help us Lord God to pick up the pieces to trust you by faith and to know that you are a loving passionate heavenly father Lord I pray for everybody who is here in the sanctuary those who watch us by live stream Lord will you help everyone pick up their pieces so often we just get everything misconstrued and we think it's only about the finances Lord it is greater than the money Lord we want the master we want your presence Lord, we want a level of intimacy with you that will help us, Lord, rise above the trinkets that this world offers. Lord, bless us, keep us, sustain us. And Lord, for whatever you do, we will give you praise, we will give you the glory, and we give you the honor. We love you, and we ask it all in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen.